Welcome to today's episode of Inside Startup Investing. On today's episode, I will be speaking with Sebastian Duke, co-founder and CEO of Play. Play is a King's Crowd Capital portfolio company raising capital on Republic to become the Uber of soccer or football for our global counterparts. Play is a fascinating company. The first time I heard of them, I really wasn't sure there was a big business to be had. I mean, how big could a pickup soccer app actually be? Well, as we dug into the numbers, I couldn't have been more wrong. In today's episode, I want you to listen for a few key points that I think make this an exciting investment opportunity. The first one is that this team has overall raised minimal capital and yet grown from an idea on paper to over $4 million in sales last year after doubling from $2 million a year prior. This team has clearly tapped into something and found true product market fit. The second thing that excites me is that the team has decided to take a slower growth model to ensure they know how to roll out their pickup soccer app to each city and actually succeed. By taking a low and slow approach, they've grown to 16 cities and facilitated over 100,000 pickup soccer games. That's right, 100,000. Ultimately, they can scale this to hundreds of U.S. cities alone and thousands of cities globally creating a multi-hundred million dollar revenue opportunity business. But instead of rushing after growth, they have pursued an exceptional customer experience and smooth rollout in each of their first key cities instead. And there's a lot to be said for that. It's really easy to want to grow fast, but to take the low and slow approach and actually do very, very well in each market you enter, that's impressive. The third thing that I love about play and this episode is the passion of Sebastian. At the end of the day, it's all about the founder. And this is a founder who truly believes and cares about what he's building. I've met so many founders over the past five years who are chasing a business idea rather than chasing a passion and building it into a business. Those who are truly passionate about what they're building, I personally believe, are much less likely to, to fail because they're just not willing to fail. When you don't care about the idea you're chasing, you're willing to give it up. Sebastian is the absolute epitome of chasing a passion, and I absolutely love to see it, and I think it'll resonate with you as well. So with that, let's get on to the show, and welcome Sebastian. For those that, that don't know Play, uh, spelled P-L-E-I, can you please give everyone kind of the one-liner of what your business is? Definitely. So Play is a mobile app that we built specifically for soccer players. And this is uh, your amateur soccer player, right? So you don't have to be a, a pro to, to join our app. And the idea is we want to make going out and playing soccer as easy as ordering an Uber driver. And that's a, a nice tagline, but that really is the standard that we set for the company. Um, it's very difficult to go out and play. You got to find people to play with. You have to find a field to play at. You need to make sure that field is available for you. There's all these hassles that players go through. So we believe that going out and playing, again, should be as easy as ordering an Uber in just two clicks. You connect with others in your city and you're able to go out and play the world's most popular sport. I love that. That's really cool. And, and you all have done an incredible job of it, which we'll get into. Um, but to give us a little bit of background, something that I always look for in a founder is that they're genuinely passionate, truly care about what it is that they're building. Um, and I, I think you fit that profile really, really well. So give us a little bit of background on yourself and how you came to found this organization. Yeah, so soccer ever since I could remember has been probably the biggest part of my life. I, I grew up playing soccer, um, played at a collegiate level as well. And if I wasn't uh, working or studying, I was playing FIFA or watching soccer. And so soccer has just always been engraved in my mind. Um, but I've also always been obsessed with technology as well and the idea of creating something 
kind of from your garage and being able to impact millions of people that that idea of being able to accomplish that always stuck with me. So when I was going through college, um, had different ideas for a tech company that I wanted to build, but never really materialized. And so after I graduated college in 2015, I uh, started working in the insurance industry and I quick, quickly found out that that wasn't for me. Um, and so I just decided to marry my two passions, which is technology and soccer. But I didn't want to just create a business just to create one. I really wanted to build something that was sustainable, something that would be an actual business and would be able to scale. And so I um, did a ton of market research um, for about six months to try to create a business around an initial idea that I had. And um, yeah, you know, uh, now six years later, um, it's, it's going great for us, thankfully, but we still feel like we're just getting started relative to where we want to take this company. Um, so that's kind of a, a little overview of, of how kind of the genesis of play. And, and six years in, it, it's not easy to do anything for six years. I can tell you, you know, I've been at this for just about six years myself building King's Crowd. Um, and it, it does take a certain type of founder who truly believes in what it is that they're building. Um, so I, I think that's a, a terrific sign of where things are headed. But talk to me a little bit more about, you know, this simple idea of, hey, helping amateur soccer players be able to find other people to play with. How are you making that happen? What does the solution truly look like? What would happen is I would go play, you know, pick up games with my friends um, on a weekly basis. And then there would be people that, that would come watch us play. And after the game, they would kind of ask us like, hey, Kyle, can I get involved? Is this a league? You know, what's going on here? And that kind of caught my, my curiosity because I felt like there's so many people out there that just want to go out and play and it's just so difficult to do so. Um, and so I looked at all the alternatives of how people are, you know, finding games to play in and honestly, just very difficult, very archaic. And so what we've essentially been able to do is we built technology um, that kind of takes care of the entire logistics of setting up these games and doing it in a very organized way. Um, and in our, in our business, we have this chicken and egg problem, right? Where we have the players, but we also have the fields. And so uh, a decision that we made early on was to build software for sports facilities as well. So this would be our B2B uh, platform called the Play System. And on there, facilities can manage all aspects of their business. And, you know, we we really are passionate about um, helping them improve their business and kind of reach top level of efficiency, um, just as much as we are connecting players, um, you know, on, on the field. And so what's great about that is since we have access to our facilities bookings um, in real time, we know what fields are available, right? And so we can say, okay, at 7 p.m. in Chicago, we have a facility that has a spot available. We know that there's enough demand for it. We build technology around that to automatic, automatically contact players and post the game and kind of make everything happen. And essentially, we're a marketplace that, that's connecting uh, fields with players and trying to do it in a, in a very intelligent way through technology. So um, that's kind of how, how um, things are going uh, you know, at this stage. Before play existed, I, I really could think of kind of two ways in which these things happen, right? One is you join these social sports leagues. If you've lived in any major city and have been a young 20s, 30-something, you've probably joined one of these league, leagues at one point, right? And the other way to do it is to quite literally go to a gym that maybe has an indoor soccer field. Um, same thing happens in basketball or, basketball or whatever else may be, and literally find people that are playing and kind of hook up with them and, and have some fun. Um, both of those come with their challenges. This one kind of sits in a universe where it's real time on demand, but is also kind of professionalizing it in a way that's a little bit like the professional league, but you're not signing up for a million different games. So talk to me about kind of your differentiator, where you see yourselves in the market. And in some ways it sounds like you're almost developing a new category 
of, of pickup games. Yeah, definitely. Because when, when somebody thinks about a pickup game, sometimes they could be a little turned off and with the idea of what is the quality of that game going to be like, right? If I do go show up at a, at a gym and go to a, a soccer field and try to get a pickup game going, how are the other players going to be? Are they going to be just as skilled level as I am? Are they going to be nice people? Are they going to have you know different attitudes? And so um, that turns off a lot of people in terms of wanting to go out and, and play with randoms, right? And so what we've been able to do is kind of create this culture within the app where people know what to expect when they sign up for a play app game. If you're a high-level player, we're going to connect you with high-level individuals. We also vet out um, individuals that are always showing up late, are causing issues at the game. So uh, we try to create kind of like an Uber model, same thing, right, where the driver has an incentive to um, give you the best service possible. We build things in a way where players have an incentive to you know, have good sportsmanship level, which is what we call it internally. And that comes with everything on, are you showing up on time? Are you having good attitude? Um, so just kind of create an experience where if you sign up to a play app game, you know what you're getting yourself into and doing that through technology and building mechanisms around that where our systems get smarter over time based on the data um, that, that we feed it, right? And now we're hosting over 3,000 games a month. So we have a ton of data. Historically, we've hosted, got at this point, uh, probably over 100,000 games. Um, and so that's allowed us to become experts at what we do um, and to connect people in the smartest way possible. But then to handle every aspect of that as well, right? Like to connect uh, thousands and thousands of people every night all across the country, there's so many things that can go wrong, right? If somebody's on the way and maybe they got a flat tire or they just didn't show up or so many crazy stories, uh, which are sometimes pretty funny to see. Uh, we've kind of built mechanisms in place to handle at least 99% of those to make sure that we're providing players with the best level of service possible, which for us is huge, right? Providing our customers, both facilities and players with the most optimal levels of service. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of a strategy that has taken years to, to develop, but is, is really working out. And now the next strategy for us is how do we scale that while maintaining the quality of the games all across the world? When I kind of first heard about your business, I was a little bit skeptical myself of like, how big could this really be? And I've been blown away by the fact, I mean, you just mentioned, you guys have helped host 100,000 games. Um, I think this year, or in 2023, you did what, four plus million dollars in revenue. Yep. Um, so it, it's kind of unreal what type of opportunity is actually here. And I, I've been blown away by that. I want to dive in on the product just a little bit more. So mm -hmm. does essentially the facilities individual kind of say, okay, we're going to host a game tonight. And then do they like pick a level of expertise? Like this is a, you know, lo low level game. This is a, a relatively experienced game. This is the expert level experience how does that work and then how are the individuals then signing up and and who's paying what to make all this happen yeah great question so um at our core we believe that technology should always work for the user the user should never work for the technology and so facilities actually don't have to post the games we do that automatically for them and we have an algorithm in place that can identify supply and demand and can say okay um there's this spot available at x facility and we know that based on previous trends, there's this amount of demand. Um, and so we post the game. Um, and so the facilities don't have to do anything. At the end of the day, what a facility cares about is having more business at their, at their venue, right? And they want to make more revenue on underutilized space. So we help them do that without them really having to do anything apart from hosting the players in person. And then once the game is posted, players can go and they can browse our games page. 
Um, and we try to do that in a way where it's very easy for users to find the game that they're most likely to play at. Um, and then with two clicks, they can join, right? And, and each player has a, has a price per game. So typically on average, it's about $10. So it costs $10 for me as a player to join a game, to play for an hour. And then um, we connect, um, you know, players again at similar skill levels and make sure that the games fill up and then kind of create all the logistics within that game to make sure that it's as, you know, organized as possible. Um, yeah, we let players know what team they're on on the app and kind of send them instructions on where to go when they show up, what field they're going to be on. So, um, yeah, again, we try to build a lot of technology around this. That way, both set of our users is just kind of happening like magic and, and everybody wins. Repeat users is probably one of the most important things, right? It's like they can't just come to one game to make this really work. You need them coming to a lot of games. Uh, from my understanding, a lot of them are coming to, to quite a few games. Talk to me about kind of that repeat purchase continuously coming back. Um, and what has been the feedback? What, what's driving these people to continuously show up and want to play games? Yeah, I think it's a couple of things. I think one now, you know, we've gotten big enough where we we can, like I said, provide players with a platform where they know what they're going to get out of it. Um, whereas before it, it might have been kind of guessing like, okay, I'm going to sign up to this game and I'm not sure what it's going to be like. Now it's, it's very consistent. Um, and so players can now trust the app, right? And so when they go, they have that good experience the first time. Typically it's like the gym model, right? Where if you go, you work out, let's say on a Tuesday, next Tuesday, you're going to want to work out again, um, at least in theory. Um, and, and then players, you know, they usually play on a weekly basis. And then we have power users that play, gosh, like over 40 times a month, which is crazy. I mean, they're playing more than one game every day. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of mind blowing actually. Um, and yeah, people love it. Right. So now, you know, uh, one of the biggest things that players tell us is, you know, if we can create maybe a subscription model where they can pay monthly for games as opposed to paying per game. And that's, that's uh, one of the features that we're working on right now, um, where players can pay X amount for X amount of game credits and they can kind of uh, use that throughout the month. So um, yeah, we're seeing a lot of repeatability and a lot of recurring revenue through through the application. And I think it's just a testament of the popular, popularity of the sport, um, the ease of the platform, and just you know the experience that players are having on the actual field. Well, I, I love the fact that you led with a per use model and now it's just coming up that there's some people who are using it so much. They're like, can I find a more affordable way to do this and just be on a subscription? <laughs> but leading with the transactional model you know, is very uh, non-adhering to the way people want to do business today. But I actually think there's a lot of value in that. Um, and I really appreciate it. And 10 bucks, you know, a lot of these classes can charge you $30, $40 per class. Yeah, crazy. And, and sure, it makes you value it. But at some point, it limits how many times you can do it because only so many people can spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month, right? Um, so I love that transactional model. Now, You've grown a lot over the past couple of years. Talk to me about what the growth strategy has been specifically around kind of the geographic growth approach. Definitely. So we've always taken an, an approach where we um, we really take care of the cities that we're in and, and we try to reach certain levels of, um, of network effects before launching a new city. Um, so we have the technology in place in theory to have 100 cities under our belt right now. However, right now we're in 16. And like you said, last year we did $4.5 million in revenue. Um, the year before that was 1.7. Um, and it's just been growing exponentially. And it's only in 16 cities, right? There's still a ton to grow here in the United States, but also across the globe as well. But we really believe in creating 
strong network effects in the cities that we're in. Um, and, and that's the strategy that's really worked out for us. Our app, um, launched in 2019. And, um, so although we, I've been doing this for six years, you know, the first few years of course was learning and building and trying things out. We actually initially launched in 2017 and nobody used it. So we had to take it off the app store and kind of re-strategize. Um, then we launched it in 2019 in the middle of 2019 and it was going really well. And then COVID hit in 2020 and that was like terrible because we were closed for nine months. But during that time, we had learned enough to know what to build to really scale this, at least to the next level. And so we did that in those nine months. And after COVID and things started opening back up, it just was kind of like a, a rocket ship. Um, so now, you know, going forward in this next stage of the company, it's how do we grow this faster while maintaining the quality and maintaining um, the network effect strategy that, that we've been able to, to build in, in the cities that we're in. Um, so, yeah, we really try to take care of the cities we're in before kind of launching new markets. Well, that network effects is so important. When you enter a market, how do you get enough players to create that, hey, there's enough people wanting to join every game that we have? Yeah, so um, we have an amazing marketing and digital ads team. They're, they're incredible. And um, our customer acquisition cost is very low. Um, we actually profit on each player the first time they play with us relative to how much it costs us to get them on the platform. And that took some time to get to that point. But yeah, we've kind of identified a, a, a very great mechanism to get the initial base of users on the platform when we first launch a market. And then it's like a supply and demand thing, right? We can't have too many facilities if we don't have enough players and then vice versa. We can't have too many players if we don't have enough facilities. So we have mechanisms internally that kind of uh, let us know kind of um, where, what areas in each city we need to be improving on. And um, yeah, what's great is that it's kind of like a snowball effect. So once we get that initial traction going with a certain market and certain users, um, it just starts snowballing upon itself and a player really enjoys it and they end up selling two or three of their friends. Um, and then they end up telling two or three of their friends. So our strongest uh, growth in the mature markets is actually through organic growth of players just telling their friends. Um, and again, I think that's a testament to the utility that we've built, right? And I think that's very important for any startup is to build something that people need, not that they want, even if they don't know that they need it yet, um, because then they can't live without it. Um, so that's kind of been our approach. On the facility side, What's kind of your sourcing strategy to find those right facilities and, and what is the, the sell to them? Is it hard to get them to agree to this? Yeah. So we internally have built a database of essentially every soccer field in, at least in the country, in the United States, and um, where we try to be as meticulous as possible as to who we go after. And that depends on several factors. Once we initiate that conversation with them, whether it's outbound or inbound, we have a ton of facilities that now contact us because they want to be part of this network and they see what we've been able to do for other facilities and they kind of want to, you know, replicate that with, with, uh, with their facility as well. Um, and then we, um, we, you know, we call every facility client that we have a partner facility because we do try to, you know, make that relationship a true partnership where We've, I, we try to identify what their needs are and we try our best to, to facilitate those needs through technology. So there's some facilities that they just want to fill up more space. There's some that don't have too much space to fill because they're already booked and maybe they want a, a better platform to manage their business or they need a better website. Whatever the case may be through technology, we're able to provide them that. So the sales process just kind of depends on what the needs are for that facility and what the needs are for our business in that given market. But typically it ends up there's a lot more yeses than there are no's, at least now. Uh, when I first started, 
everybody would tell me no. And I would go to every facility and they would think I'm crazy. <laughs> and I'll never forget those times. That was fun. Uh, and so now it's it's become a lot more, uh, I guess, easier in a sense to, to sell them now that we have so much data and a proven business model that we can provide them. Is there any sort of monetary exchange to your partners or is it really, hey, you're getting the benefit of bringing all these new people to your facilities and being there a couple times a week or whatever it may be? So it actually goes both ways. So our facilities pay us monthly to be um, part of our platform and, and to have access to the play system. Um, so that would be like our SaaS B2B model. And then we pay them uh, to book the fields. Um, so we, we very quickly become one of their biggest, if not their biggest client because of the amount of volume that we're bringing them. Uh, but that allows us to negotiate some discounts on the field rental rates. That way we can offer the price per player at a fair price while making a healthy, a healthy margin on it. We try to create the business model in a way where it's a win-win for everybody. You're in 16 cities now. When you think about applicable cities that kind of make sense from a growth strategy perspective, what size of city do you need to kind of get those right network effects and have enough facilities to make it all kind of work? Yeah, so it depends on the geographic size of the, of the city and then related to that, how many facilities there are within it and uh, potentially how many players there are within that city. Taking those three numbers into account, then we can identify what cities make the most sense to go into. But it just so happens that the, you know, the top cities are cities that have MLS teams. They're cities where the World Cups are going to be played at. Um, so, of course, there's organizations like FIFA and like the U.S. Soccer Federation that have already done this research and it seems that both of our, our list of top cities uh, match. But then there's very strong um, secondary cities. There's a ton, you know, and, and I think soccer is just booming in, in this country and will continue to grow. Um, so right now we're, we focus on the larger cities um, and we have some secondary as well. But the plan, of course, is to be across the entire country. When you think about that growth strategy over the next few years, you know, how many cities do you want to be in? What kind of size scale do you think you can get to? The goal for us is to be a global uh, global platform and to become the Facebook Uber of football or, or soccer, um, and then potentially other sports as well. Um, right now, we're laser focused on soccer. We believe in doing one thing great, so that's what we're focused on. But yeah, this year, we're going to be launching in South America and Europe. Um, there's massive opportunities over there as well, where football is very mature uh, as, a, as a market. And so, yeah, th there's really no limit to this. I mean... With our current model that we're doing things, there, there in theory could be a limit, but there's other features that we're going to be coming out with on the platform this year um, and in the coming years that are super exciting that are just going to open up our market size 10, 100 fold. So we're excited to see where we could take this. Uh, we have the team in place to do it as well, which is something I was very passionate about building as well as building a rock star team. We always relate it to soccer as well, right? We, You have to have the best team to win the World Cup, right? And that's uh, internally what, we, what we've what we been trying to build to win our World Cup. So yeah, the sky's the limit for us. This year, the goal of the company is to double it. We have everything in place to make that happen. The interest in the sport is certainly there to support the excitement and growth that I think you guys are all looking to. Um, for those who are kind of on the line, interested, but need that one last convincing, you know, what would you say to them? It really costs nothing to try it out. Uh, quite literally, um, every single player that's brand new to the platform, we give them a free game. So I would encourage them to go out and just try the platform and, and see what their experience is like for themselves. And also, if they've never, if they weren't like a high-level player growing up and maybe they've never played soccer before, but they want to go out and play, 
we have games for you as well. Uh, we have games everywhere from beginners to high level, everything in between. And there's also a very a strong social connection on the platform as well. You know, there's a ton of people that have made valuable friendships on there. We actually have a few people that are actually dating that they've met through the platform. So there's this very strong um, social connection on the platform as well that I think is very important. So yeah, it's it's something super fun. It's a very, very uh, large community. So I would encourage anybody to to go out and try it out. Well, Sebastian, thank you very, very much for your time today. Thank you for your insights. If you're interested, you could check them out on Republic. I think it's a very interesting business being run really, really well. And thank you to our listeners as always.